What is up, everybody? Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J here, back with a brand new episode of The Snaggle Show after a short little hiatus. As always, I thank you so much for listening to the show, whether it be directly on anchor.fm slash The Snaggle Show or in your podcast app of choice on iOS or Android. I always appreciate uh, the, the download, the listen, the time you dedicate um, to letting me uh, babble in your ear holes, so to speak. Uh, on this week's episode of the show, I'm going to talk about uh, my experience over the past weekend at the 2019 Men's Senior Nationals Baseball Tournament, which was hosted right here in Machine, New Brunswick. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was such a amazing experience from a fan's perspective. Um, having not gotten to experience something like that before, which I'll get into during the show. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode this week as I recount the last five days or so of my existence on this planet Earth, um, spent primarily at a field where baseball is played. Um, first up, I would like to shout out a big thanks to my main man, Patty Quinn, uh, PQ, uh, who asked me to... Uh, be involved in the tournament as a team host. I will get into more about what that means in a few minutes. Um, I wanted to just you know shout him out and say thank you very much for asking me to be part of it. Uh, it was my pleasure. I had a great time. I would do it all again in a heartbeat. So for those who are not familiar with the Canadian baseball scene, um, the, the Men's Senior Nationals Tournament is basically the top tournament in Canada. It gathers the best amateur men's baseball players from all across the country. Every province was represented with the exception of Saskatchewan. Uh, we had Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, PEI is represented as part of the New Brunswick teams. Um, there was two teams from Nova Scotia. There was Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, uh, British Columbia. And there was also a second team from New Brunswick. Um, so for 10 teams total, uh, and basically how it works is the, the previous season's league champion gets to go and represent their province at the following year's um, national tournament. Now, we have been fortunate here. We've hosted this tournament three times in the last eight years, in 2011 and 2015 as well. In 2011, I did not live in Miramichi. I was unable to make the trek home um, for the tournament. 2015... Um, I was working in Alberta and it was on shift at the time. So I missed all of it. So this was my first experience being able to go to, it was also hosted in 1995. Um, and I don't, I did get to a couple of games, but I mean, I was a kid. I was 13. Uh, it was more just hanging out with the guy, you know, the guys and having to catch out back and, you know, hoping to get a glimpse of, of a few ball players who were exponentially taller than us. So for me, this was this was an event I was really looking forward to. I booked um, three full days off of work uh, because I just wanted to be able to go to the ball field and hang out. I am a ball field rat. I would hang out at the baseball field 12 hours a day if I was physically able to. Um, the title of this podcast, 56 Hours at the Ball Field, um, is indicative of the time I've spent there um, between Wednesday and Sunday. So Wednesday night was the home run hitting contest. I decided to get there early 
um, about 5 o'clock because of my responsibilities as a team host. So basically, every team is assigned a local representative to act as host. And the, the host job is pretty straightforward. If the team needs to know how to get to the laundromat or how to get to a pharmacy, where an ATM is, where a good place to eat is, where to pick up some lobster, um, I am at their disposal. Uh, I exchanged phone numbers with with the few guys represented with the team. My particular team uh, I was hosting was Nova Scotia 2, uh, which was from Sydney, Nova Scotia, up in Cape Breton Island, uh, the Sydney Sooners, who, ironically enough, will be hosting uh, the national tournament next year in 2020. Um, so I hope they return the wonderful hospitality that they received while they were here uh, in case I decide to make the trek down there. So I got to the ball field early uh, and... You know, ex met up with them and picked up my, my pass and exchanged a few things with them. I picked up a hat. Um, and the home run hot contest happened. Uh, unfortunately, the wind did not cooperate um, with the home run hitting contest. It was There was a majority of the hitters in the, in the field were left-handed. The wind was blowing in from right field. And I was out in the bleachers about 300 feet out or so in right field, and the ball was just dying in the air. Um, local player Chris Keating uh, made it to the finals, but unfortunately was unable to overcome. Uh, unfortunately, I don't even remember who won. I feel like the guy from BC won? Or did the guy from Dartmouth win? Because I'm just remembering the uniforms. It's, it's all such a blur, guys. I mean, here's the thing. I spent five hours at the ball field that day. I was at the ball field at 9 a.m. Thursday, 9 a.m. Friday, uh, around 11 a.m. Saturday, and again at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, and with all leaving times anywhere from 10 p.m. to midnight or so. So the home run contest was, was fun. We had a lot of good laughs. Um... You know, we got to meet some of the teams, some of the players, which was kind of cool. Start picking some of our, uh, you know, non-Chatham Ironman favorite teams. We immediately were drawn to Manitoba. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, so Thursday comes along. The tournament kicks off. Uh, I am there at 9 a.m. for uh, Nova Scotia 2's first game against Newfoundland. It was a chilly, cold Thursday morning. I picked up some McDonald's on the way over, uh, found a spot in the bleachers, and just kind of hung out, and I watched baseball literally all day. Um, good first couple of games. There was Newfoundland versus Nova Scotia. There was a BC game in there. Uh, there was two fields on the go as well. Not only were they using Ironman Field, but they were also using uh, the Waldo Henderson Field where the Chatham Head Tigers play, uh, which is about 10 minutes away. Uh, another very good facility in its own right. I bounced back and forth over the weekend. Uh, then Thursday night brought the uh, opening ceremonies and Chatham's first game against British Columbia. The place was packed. Uh, not as packed as it would be as the weekend went on, uh, but it was packed. Now here... In these parts, we tell how packed it is by how big the 50-50 draw is. Uh, the 50-50 for the Home Run Derby was about a little over $1,400. Uh, opening night, I think it got upwards of $2,700. Uh, and then I think on Friday, it was like $3,600. And then for the championship game, it was $5,666. Uh, and my boy Dunner, 
Brian Dunn took it home. Uh, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that later on, too, as we continue to try to keep this somewhat chronological order. Um, so big first game for Chatham, uh, facing British Columbia. Both teams expected to be very strong. Both teams expected to be in contention for a medal. Uh, it was a huge, huge game. Uh, it was a little nerve-wracking early on. Uh Ironman pitcher J.P. Stevenson took an inning or two to really get dialed in. After that, he was absolutely lights out. Um, eventually, uh, some really poor defense from B.C. Uh, that Ironman were able to take advantage. They pick up a 5-1 win, and they're off to the races the first day. Friday comes along. We're at the ball field super early again. This time, I stopped in Chatham head first uh, for an early game over there, again featuring uh, Sydney. I'm um, just hanging out over there on a Friday morning as they played BC, uh, and they took a defeat. Then we made our way over to Ironman Field for the 12 o'clock game, uh, which featured the Ironman in Alberta, and what would become the most epic game of the tournament. Now, in Canadian Senior Baseball Championships, we only play seven innings. Um, so this Chatham-Alberta game would go on to become... Um, a very epic, legendary game that will live on in in the lore of the greatest Chatham Ironman games of all time. Chatham did not lead in the game, I don't think, until the very last inning, which in this case was the 13th. Uh, they trailed, I believe, 4-1. I believe, or sorry, I believe they trailed 3-1, 4-3, 6-4, and 8-6. And those 6-4 and 8-6 deficits were in extra innings. And both times, Chatham was able to come back. Uh, Alberta sort of ran out of gas on the pitching front. Uh, and then Chatham walks it off on a really, really strange, broken play on the first baseline. It's really one of those things that's hard to describe. If you happen to have been there, you'll kind of know what I mean. It was a really, really weird play. But Chatham ends up walking away with an extremely hard-fought 9-8 victory. The big moment in this game, and I, I'm going to go back to Thursday night for a second. There's two big moments that, that occurred early in the tournament that really got the crowd buzzing. Um, Thursday night game, um, Chatham is up 2-1, runner at third base, ball hit to center field, and center fielder Ori Cook, you know, looks like it's a pretty routine sack fly, and he comes up chucking, and pegs the guy out at the plate, and the the crowd went absolutely bananas. And then the Ironman went in and scored another run that inning and kind of took a bit of a commanding lead in that game. You go to Saturday, Friday, third inning against Alberta. Um, Chatham is, I think at the time, they were down one nothing. Um, again, similar sort of situation. Ball hit deep to center field, into the wall. Um, Cook goes out, gets it. Um... Here comes the relay. Now, he misses the first cutoff guy who was the shortstop. The second cutoff guy, the second baseman, Justin Cormier, uh, who was up for Moncton to play, um, really didn't think they had a chance on this guy at the plate. And I'm telling you, you want to see a bullet-fast relay. Cormier gets this thing off in milliseconds. Play at the plate, and the runner 
dives head first and fists first into the catcher for contact, which is a big no-no in Canadian baseball. Uh, so the runner is out. He's ejected from the game. Uh, and that was, the, you know, the, the benches kind of clear a little bit. That was the moment that this team came together. You had guys that don't normally play on the team because teams in this tournament are allowed to pick up from other teams within the province. Um, that was the moment that this team came together because you had guys that don't normally play on the team, guys like Dylan Doucette uh, from PEI, first guy out of the dugout to defend his catcher. Actually, Doucette was in the field. He's playing first base. But either way, first guys on the scene, you know, standing up for their catcher. That was the moment, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, where this team kind of came together and and really glued together as a unit. Uh, and then they end up playing that very, very long game and coming back and winning. Um, then they had to come back and play again. So that pushed everything back because that game took almost four hours. The next game between BC and Newfoundland was a 20-10 to 10 debacle of a baseball game. 30 runs, 30 hits, 6 errors, 19 men left on base in a 3-plus hour shamaz. So at the, this point, we're having an Ironman game that was supposed to start at 7, starting at 9.15. Um, and it was, you know, a pretty... Pretty interesting ball game, considering that the Ironmen were up uh, 11 or 12-1 at one point. Um, Alberta sort of claw or not Alberta, it was um, Nova Scotia, the team I was rep- not representing, but um, part of. Um, they came back a little bit. It ends up 12-5. The Ironmen are 3-0. So after Friday, the Ironmen are, are guaranteed to play in the semifinals. They've already locked up Group A. Um, their fourth game means nothing, um, and they can kind of relax a little bit. So Saturday rolls around, I'm at the ball. Uh, Saturday I decided to take a little bit of a breather, um, sleep in a little bit, get up, have breakfast with my family, uh, and then head, I head to the ball field around 11. Uh, and this was kind of cool because it was, I brought the whole family to the Ironman game. First time that my wife and children have come to an Ironman game. Um, which was a really fun experience. Uh, and it was a really fun experience because we got to see um, J.F. Niveau, my man Frankie, turn the clock back uh, and toss a one-hitter against Newfoundland. So at this point, I don't think a lot of people expected that Frankie would pitch in the tournament. Uh, but at 3-0, and with nothing to lose, with nothing to gain, uh, it was really nice to see him get one last... Hurrah! He has been a, you know, a staple for the Ironmen for so many years now. Uh, the, you know, the veteran leadership, the intensity um, that he brings to the field. You know, some of the the games that he's pitched over the years that just you know the big games, the big spots, the games that people still talk about at Tim Hortons. Um, you know, when they're getting their coffee, um, this is going to be one of those games. Uh, he had a no hitter into the fifth inning. Um, a play to second base that was a questionable error call. Let's say there was a questionable error call. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it, but it was questionable. It, it, it raised a few eyebrows on and off the field. 
Uh, and then a ball sliced down the right field line that six foot five Devin Thomas came inches away from diving and making a play. And I think again, one of the smaller crowds that Ironman had um, throughout the week, still probably a solid two thousand people there. They would have absolutely came out of their seats if Thomas caught that ball. Uh, but it was great to see Frankie go out and pitch like old Frankie again um, and get that moment, th- complete the one-hitter. Chatham wins 12-1, uh, and they are sitting at 4-0, and they are waiting to see um, what else happens along the way. Um, the quarterfinals were Saturday night, so Sunday we were set. We're set. Chatham was going to take on um, BC again. And the other final was Nova Scotia one which is Dartmouth against Quebec. Um, so Sunday morning at the ball field, 9 o'clock again. Ironman game starts at 10. Got to get there early. Got to get there early, get some good seats. You know, have a say with the buys down the right field line. The old uh, peanut gallery section down there is we're commonly referred to as. Uh, I had a great time down there with all those guys this weekend. You guys know who you are. Uh, it was just so much fun to be down there and be involved in the game and be you know chirping and interacting and just razzing all the visiting players. Uh, had had some really cool moments over the course of the weekend. Again, so I mentioned it earlier on about Manitoba. We really were drawn to Manitoba because of their absolutely atrociously ugly two-tone gray uniforms. Uh, they called themselves the Oak River Dodgers, but the the tops were a slightly darker gray than the pants, uh, and I think that's why they wore their alternate uniforms pretty much the rest of the weekend uh, because we affectionately called them two-tone toba uh but they enjoyed it they had a lot of fun with us uh getting behind them for a little bit unfortunately um they bowed out in the quarterfinal game uh against british columbia but sunday we're at the ball field uh the ironmen are taking on um bc yet again that was the pitching matchup was the same as the first game uh the game ironmen are down pretty much the whole game bottom of the sixth 2-1, 2-1, they're down. Uh, and Devin Thomas, who I mentioned previously from almost saving the no-hitter, uh, rips a ball over the right field fence for a two-run go-ahead home run. Uh, and the place went absolutely fucking bananas. Um, it was insane. It was absolutely crazy. Um, they brought Andrew Case in. Yes, that Andrew Case, formerly of Blue Jays minor league fame. Also happens to be from St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, they bring him in for the save. Ironman went 3-2, and they're off to the gold medal game. Uh, the other semifinal uh, was, again, Quebec and uh, Nova Scotia. It was uh, not much of a game. Um, it was an interesting game all along, uh, but in the end, Nova Scotia picks up the win. So it's Nova Scotia, Dartmouth Dry against Chatham Ironman in the final, and it was Quebec against... Um, BC and the other semi. BC wipes the floor with them. Uh, way too many to not enough. Uh, it was a it was a it was a beatdown. It, it, it was an absolute beatdown. Um, now in the middle of the day, I got to take a break from uh, the big kids to go spend some time with the little kids. Now you guys might not know this about me. Uh, but I do coach uh, seven and eight year old uh, kids baseball. Um, this is my third year doing it. Uh, it's a program in Canada we like to call Rally Cap. 
Uh, it's a structured program teaching the game to seven and eight year old kids. It also has a junior portion for four, five, and six year old kids. Basically, it's a developmental program. It helps to get ready for baseball. My son is part of it. Um, we have a team. Uh, go Green Panthers. Green Panthers. You got to love it when the kids name the team. Uh, but basically, we get together and we play a couple of uh, friendly games. And they each get a medal and stuff. And for me, that is such a rewarding experience because the kids enjoy it so much. They enjoy being part of the game. Uh, you know, it is, it's one of those things that is just such a thankless experience. Um, you know, I had a few of the kids afterwards, you know, g give me a hug and said, thanks coach. And, you know, it's, it's hard to put into words what, how rewarding it is to help develop another generation of talent in anything. You know, my particular focus is baseball. Uh, I'm sure other people, you know, put their particular focus into other things. But I just, I really, really feel so complete when I have that part of my life active in the summertime. You know, going to the field, working with the kids, teaching them more than the game, teaching them discipline, teaching them uh, respect for one another, respect for the for their coaches, respect for their fellow players, respect for their teammates, and just you know teaching them that what the game of baseball is all about. And in the middle of this high intensity, exciting weekend, you know where you know you're seeing thousands and thousands of people go to the ballpark to, you know, watch extremely high-level baseball, some of the best baseball you'll see in the country, to be able to break away from that for a few hours and just, you know, spend time with the next generation of baseball player and see what they become and work with them on not only being better ball players but being better human beings. That, to me, it, it was the most rewarding part of the whole thing. So, that ends. I make my way back to the ball field in time for the bronze medal game. Um, again, the bronze medal game is a complete whitewash. Uh, BC picks up the bronze. And before the bronze medal game is over, Ironman Field is full. Um, absolutely packed to the gills by first pitch. People are, are on roofs. People are hanging on the outfield walls. They're standing 15 deep in between the bleachers. There's no room on the bleachers at all. There's 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 very minimal space. Um, everyone is just cramped together, crammed in there, trying to you know see a piece of of Ironman history. Um, you know the game starts out interesting enough. Um, Chatham takes a one nothing lead on a uh, what was it? Did it end up being an overthrow? Or no, the Deuce set home run. Sorry, uh, Dylan Deuce hits a home run into the screen. Uh, and man, you want to hear a loud pop uh, at a local baseball stadium? Holy shit! I thought my eardrums were going to blow when he hit that ball. Uh, and everyone just immediately up out of their seats, right? Um, so that lead lasted till the fifth, um, when Chris Thibodeau hit a home run for Dartmouth, got them back to one-one. Um, 
And then Chatham scored the 2-1 run on a ground out, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Dartmouth went to the bullpen unsuccessfully in this occasion. Uh, the guy they brought in was quite wild. A couple of walks, a hit batter. Uh, and then Ori Cook chops one into the ground. They're unable to make the play at the plate. They do get the out at first. Uh, actually, I don't know if they got the out at first. But either way, the run scores. Yes, they did get the out at first. But the run scores goes 2-1. They go 3-1. Uh, and then Andrew Case comes in, um, and he gets hit a little bit. Gives up a single, gives up a double. Next thing, it's 3-2. Uh, runners on first and third. Now, here's the situation. Here's where things get extremely interesting. First and third. The runner from first steals second, uncontestedly. Which is a huge play, because now that runner at second is the winning run. And Dartmouth, by virtue of a coin flip, or as Patty called it, the official coin flip, as opposed to the unofficial coin flip. Um, I kid, Patty. I kid. Yeah, just kid. That that that's a big ninety feet. But what that allowed to do was the first baseman no longer had to hold that runner on, uh, because all of a sudden a chopper to his right, and an unbelievable diving play uh, by Dylan Doucette to his right and a flip to Andrew Case covering first which was at his shoe tops and the 2019 Chatham Ironman are Canadian national champions and you know at, at the last two or three batters everybody was standing which I felt bad for a lot of the people who were in between the bleachers and stuff because no, they could no longer see what was going on with people standing, but everybody just was standing and, and clapping and screaming and screeching and cheering and just nervously hoping that they would pull it out. And they did. And it was pandemonium. There was flags charging the field and um, it was just, it was amazing. It, everybody was so was so happy to be able to witness this. And if you guys saw on my Instagram, if you're not, if you don't follow me on Instagram, Instagram.com slash J, I posted a video of the last um, pitch or two. And I also posted a few pictures of the aftermath. And those are that those are a good 20, 30 minutes after it's over. And I went down onto the field and, and talked to a few of the players I know. There's a couple of guys on the team that I work with, a couple of guys that I've known really well, um, you know, from from being around the team, from being an umpire, and everybody was just so happy and so not relieved, but you can imagine the pressure that these guys feel. These guys are regular guys. They work nine to five jobs. You know, they took time out of their work and vacation days to play in this tournament where there's no, you know, monetary prize or there's no contracts on the line. But the pressure is extremely, extremely high. I mean, we're hosting this tournament. People expected Chatham to win. And for a lot of the guys, it was it was it was a mix of excitement and jubilee and relief as you know they were able to get it done 
And for me, as someone who, you know, spent that amount of time at the ball field and, and in the weeks leading up to it, just being excited and following the team as a fan and, and, and being there, it was so, I was just so excited. I was so happy for those guys because, again, at the end of the day, you know, when it's all said and done, these guys are just, you know, they're your buddies. They're, they're guys you see at the grocery store. There's guys you see at work. They're guys you see at the gym. And you know them by their first name. And, you know, it, it, it was just such a huge experience. It was so much fun. Um, it was something, honestly, it was, it was once in a lifetime kind of stuff. I don't think there's anything that I'll ever be able to experience that was, that, that was similar to this. The whole weekend as a whole. Um, the whole weekend as a whole. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. I, I hope, you know, Chatham's able to win the league again this year, and then we'll be booking some hotels for Sydney, and we'll be making our way down there next year uh, for the 2020 Men's National Senior uh, Championships. That's not how it goes, but whatever. Uh, anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys so much for listening to the Snangle Show and letting me retell my tale of 56 hours at the park. Um, we're going to have something a little different later on this week. Uh, on Friday's episode this week, I'm going to be talking about the Mount Rushmore, my Mount Rushmore of Toronto Blue Jays moments. Um, you're not going to want to miss this one. Uh, we'll put it out on some, on the Twitter Maybe on uh, Thursday or Wednesday to see what you guys think. But Friday's episode of the Snaggle Show is going to be uh, my Mount Rushmore of Toronto Blue Jays moments. Um, as always, guys, you can find in the show description links to all my social media. But if you go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Snaggle J on all of those platforms, you will find me there. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to and subscribing to the Snaggle Show. And until next time, peace.